TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. He's got all the insight on what you want to know and maybe some of what you don't want to know. Here's K-State insider Tim Fitzgerald. All right, welcome back in, everybody. It is hour number two of Sports Daily, and we are joined by our buddy Tim Fitzgerald, K-State insider, joins us on the IHOP hotline, brought to you by IHOP. How about the new Nashville hot chicken and waffles, golden brown Belgian waffle top with four crispy chicken strips tossed in a spicy Nashville hot sauce. Appreciate Fitz mm. joining us. Go PowerCat.com. Fitz, happy Thursday. Now I want Nashville hot something. Why you can't just that do that good. to me and then go, hey, let's talk about sports. No. Hey, who wants chicken and waffles with Nashville hot sauce and everything right. else? And, man, does that sound good. And, oh, by the way, uh, what about football? Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. That I, I want some of that, yep. like, right now. Hey, speaking what of do you hot, think, how about a Friday night game? Oh, I thought you were gonna. Oh, I thought you were about to lay a compliment on me. Um, well, oh, now yeah, I'm disappointed. Yeah. No, I don't know. Uh, Fitz, you know what, Fitz? Let me ask you the question of the hour. You're a married man. Let me ask you the question of the hour here. We're having a hard time. So so Sunday. So he, he, this even expands it further. Now, K-State plays on a Friday night. So uh, like I'll be working yeah. some high school football and, and doing some other things. But there are a lot of folks out here. You've got K-State on a Friday night. You've got your normal slate of college football on a Saturday. And then Sunday. You've got a Thursday morning game featuring two AFC contenders into the regular 12 o'clock window, into an afternoon Chiefs-Vikings matchup we're excited about, into a Sunday night football that might be the best game of the season so far. There's uh, maybe your favorite baseball team mixed in, like me or Tommy, who both have baseball teams alive. How on earth can we build up the goodwill enough to just say, hey, sweetie, Pretty much checking out for the next three days. Like, you know, ha- good luck, have fun, whatever you got to do. Like, I don't know how to get this pulled off this weekend. I usually, and, you know, this is an advice that works for everyone. Um, but I used to stage a kidnapping in my life. And you know what? I'll, <laughs> I'll pay the ransom eventually after, like, three days. But, um, you know, everyone, I just make sure she's, you know, safe and protected and, and uh, they don't beat her up too much. 
that's pretty. Much I don't. My wife punches really hard, so I don't know that I could get anybody <laughs> to sign up for that. That that's the truth. I'm very scared of my wife. <clears throat> yeah. We all are. Let's be honest. We can act tough. We're all scared mm-hmm. of our wives, uh, which is why this is a problem mm-hmm. in the first place. Uh, well, it starts yep. with K-State on Friday. I don't know. Like, clearly, this is by design, these good Friday night matchups. We've had them all year. KU's played a couple of Fridays. We had a ranked matchup last Friday. What, what do you think about these Friday night college football games? I was on the fence at first because it contends with high school football. Right. But I don't. I don't hate it as much this year when we're getting quality games there. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, I think it creates an opportunity for high schools maybe to move their games to be in a, a better window. Just as the Big 12 is doing this for TV entities to get to better windows, more viewers, I feel like high school football could do it. You know, Manhattan Jokes and City is Friday night here in Manhattan, and I really feel like playing that game Saturday morning at Phillips Founder Family Stadium might have been a really cool play to get the most out of it. But you know what? Um it stinks, but it's the way it is. If you're the Big 12, you've got to do these things because, let's be honest, this Kansas State-Oklahoma State game, if you, if you look back over how the games have been slotted throughout the season, this is an FS1 game at best, if not, you know, getting thrown on Big 12-plus streaming. So, uh, you know, it's it's an opportunity for these two programs to get on ESPN and to be on a big platform on a night when there's not much other college football. So it's it's a great opportunity for, you know, speaking for Kansas State, which luckily they don't let me do, but it's a great opportunity for the Kansas State football program to get in front of a lot of buys. How healthy are the Wildcats coming off the bye week? Uh, of course, we know all about the uh, the banged-up uh, issues that Will Howard had. Trayshawn Ward didn't play in the last game before the bye week. How healthy are they coming out of this bye week into the game on Friday? Uh, very, um, with the exception of two season-ending injuries that we know about. Daniel Green, a middle linebacker, and Asa Newsom, an outside linebacker, a true freshman who is playing on special teams, uh, are both gone for the season. And, it, again, I come back to it's amazing how injuries attack a position on football teams. It looks like linebacker is up this season for K-State. But Keegan Johnson's better. R.J. Garcia is better. The two guys you mentioned are better. We talked to Christian Duffy, who missed the first, what, three games. And um, now that he's had time to work out and get back in shape, he says he's ready to go every snap at Oklahoma State. So physically, outside of that linebacker spot, K-State's in good shape. Uh, Which is great news. Will Howard, it's not even really a question. At that position, though, Avery Johnson, we keep waiting for him to get used. He's kind of not getting used. I I mean, what do you think the strategy is there? Um, is it just that they they just want Will Howard in all the time? I I, I don't know. I thought I th- I thought by this point in the season Johnson would have some things designed up for him and become a weapon, but it's not happening. What do you think the reason for that is? I think they're torn between uh, playing him and and redshirting him, and they're just kind of letting things play out. They're not forcing anything. They thought they, he could help him at Missouri. Uh, he did, uh, but they didn't rely on him enough, in my opinion with that quarterback run game that was seemingly working a little bit. <clears throat> but I, I think they're trying to manage to see if they can get to the end of the season with only playing in four games and preserving that red shirt. I, I don't see how it's going to happen. Uh, but I think the end of this game might be, um, you know, what we find out is, look, I think K-State's going to get away from Oklahoma State. Not nearly as bad as it was last year, but I, I think there's a gap right now between these two teams, the two programs. 
Uh, and if he doesn't play here, maybe that tells you they really are interested in getting a redshirt on him and maybe only throwing him into action if Will Howard's, you know, really injured or they really need him in a in a game because of what he brings to the field. It's in your mind, what the heck is going on in Stillwater with the Cowboys? Uh, are we at the uh, the end of the Mike Gundy era or getting closer to the end of Mike Gundy there? I mean, it just seems like I know they're two and two, but, you know, getting blown out by South Alabama, they lose to Iowa State on the road last week. Uh, offensively, it just doesn't seem like it's there for the Cowboys. What's your assessment as we're leading up to this game on Friday night of where things stand with Oklahoma State? Well, I feel like this is their last stand uh, for this season. And I know that's early and they've got a lot of winnable games ahead, but they're coming off an off week where they can maybe recreate their locker room, try to rebuild some trust in that room and, and maybe put some schemes on the field that K-State doesn't expect and, and maybe, you know, get some momentum and pull off the win. Uh, but I think he's lost his team. I think he's lost his locker room for issues that, you know, he doesn't agree with the transfer portal and the NIL and, um, this is just how he's going to do it. And, I, you know, it's kind of like I'm protesting by gluing yourself to a road. It ends up damaging you as much as anything. So it's it's weird to watch him take some of these stances. And, and honestly, I've had multiple people tell me in his press conference, he just looks like he doesn't – he's really not that invested in Oklahoma State football right now. It's it's a mess. It's a, it's a mess. It's a guy that decided – He's not going to change at the times, and he's going to keep driving his covered wagon no matter what these fancy people from Ford say. And it's it's sad to watch, you know, how long he's going to put this fight up, but how long can Oklahoma State let him use their program as a platform uh, for him to scream at the clouds like an old man? So it's it's uh, it makes me sad, to be honest, because Oklahoma State football has been so good, so consistent, and on the cusp of greatness, and it's just like he surrendered the fight. Yeah, you know, I'm a man, I'm a 40. Is feels like it's been 40 years ago uh, for Gundy. Yeah. And, and look, Kleiman's never won in Stillwater, though, right? Like, this isn't I, – I, yeah. it's a big It's a big number. K-State looks fine in it. But, it, you know, like, there's a reason that Kleiman's never won in Stillwater. He's had some really good teams in those years, and he hadn't been able to do it. I do think it's still dangerous just because it's a it's yeah. a road game in the Big 12, no matter what you do. You got it. I mean, in this conference, no matter where you venture, you're going to get a, a dose of motivated football and good home crowd uh, on hand. The game's a sellout, so it should be packed, which says a lot about Oklahoma State fans. And um, I'm I'm eager to see if K-State can get away early because I feel like if they open up a, a lead by halftime, Oklahoma State's just not going to have much fight. And I think that's really when we're going to know the course of the game is by the time we get to halftime, if it's if it's close, it's going to be a dogfight. No state might be at an advantage because the home field that they have and those great fans. You know, I had this thought in my mind, Fitz, with uh, the game on Friday night, thinking that the potential is there. And I think it's a fairly decent likelihood that this is a, a great chance for the Wildcats to have a statement victory. I and mean, we talked about <laughs> the fact that it's in primetime talked about the fact that you know they are coming off of a bye week they're healthier things are not good for Oklahoma State right now and the fact that you know people are not really talking about the Wildcats nationally like they were a couple of weeks ago before the loss to Missouri so I mean I know it can go a couple of different ways like it can be a statement win but then you know that also maybe has the markings of a trap game 
But really, in, in your mind, what is it going to take for Kansas State to not only win the game, but actually make a statement nationally with the way that they dispose of Oklahoma State? Yeah, I mean, they just need to, you know, this K-State team hasn't come close to playing its best football. They've given up big plays in a way that the defense typically hasn't. Um, without the three big runs, one each in the last three games, the defense is averaging 1.3 yards per carry, and that's remarkable, but you got to stop the big runs. I mean, it doesn't mean much if you give up a 70-yarder in the midst of the game that leads to points. So uh, there's a lot of polish they can put on this team they they still haven't stopped the explosive plays Uh, the receivers still haven't got fully in sync with this offense and special teams has been well below average uh, for k-state so uh, there's a lot of room for improvement maybe they can get there starting this week starting tomorrow night um and uh and start building ahead of steam because then you go to lubbock next week and that's a little more challenging you come home for tcu we still don't understand the frogs fully and then you get Houston, and they're a little bit down before you go to Texas. If you concentrate on each one of those games, you should win four straight, you know, in addition to beating UCF, before you go to Austin for what could be a really big game. But you got to take care of business one at a time. Uh, all right, Fitz, what do you think about Texas-Oklahoma this weekend as we look at the Big 12? Um, do you think, you know, Venable's a guy who's you know, somewhat near and dear to, to Manhattan and K-State fans? Texas, yeah. Texas looks really good. You think Oklahoma can get it done in the Red River? I don't, um, but only because Oklahoma is such a mystery. I mean, they played no Power Fives in their non-conference. SMU was the best, you know, program that they played, and TCU beat them, you know, by the same point spread. Um, I don't think SMU is overwhelmingly good. They might be good in the American this year, but I don't know that they're that. Elite, and then they played Cincinnati and Iowa State in conference play. We don't know a thing about Oklahoma, and they're five and zero. We know a little bit more about Texas. They played, of course, at Alabama. We don't think Alabama's as good as they have been, but uh, that's still a very notable place to win a game. And and then I think Kansas, even with Jason Bean, is a little threatened. I almost feel like Texas toyed with them a little bit, and um, I think Texas has got a whole other level that. Nobody in the Big 12 can match if they put it out there, but that's the problem with Texas. They don't always put out their best products, and sometimes they kind of go through the motions. I don't think they'll go through the motions in the Red River rivalry. Uh, that you, Sorry, I, my, my second-year-old brain went to like a very – childish place when you said <laughs> uh, when you said Texas didn't always put out a good offense I was just like natural pause let's go uh all right uh, I, god that, that caught me off guard sorry there um all right so that one's there I, I don't think anything's changed right KU it still feels like Texas Oklahoma K-State KU as far as teams that could win this league I, I, KU, I don't think, is there, obviously, without Jalen Daniels. I guess the question becomes, can they be there if Jalen Daniels is a weekly game-time decision, which I, I think that there's a chance that that happens, which kind of sucks, right? We don't want to see that. But, I mean, what do you make of that situation in Lawrence? It's a mess. I mean, uh, how do you – you have quarterbacks that are somewhat similar, and as much as the coach wants to say, well, they run the same stuff, uh, they don't. I mean – 
Jason Bean has a more limited palette of what he can do and maybe things off of that <clears throat> that you'd want to use that doesn't match up with Jalen Daniels. Jalen Daniels is a, is a dang Heisman candidate when he's healthy. Let's be real. Yeah, he, yeah he's he's special. And But let's look at what they've got this week in UCF that apparently has serious issues with tackling and run defense. Um, you know, if you just put in an option game for Jason Bean and, you know, some things he can throw off of that with and with those great running backs, you're going to win the game. But you don't have time to prepare that because you think you're going to have Jalen Daniels. Maybe you go ahead and prepare the option game with him, uh, but that kind of gets away from his strength. So it's a problem, man. It's, um, I, I wonder if we're going to get to the point where he just shuts down for the season and uh, uses a red shirt because he's only got three games in or whatever it is. So I don't know, guys. It's, it's unfortunate. He's an electric player. He takes KU to a new level. They just aren't the same without him, but if they have to go without him, at least they can try to make the most of it with a game plan that puts the quarterback on the field. I, I, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. They'll have time to prepare this week. This will be a good week to, to check it because we know – I mean, maybe Daniels plays, but at least we know Beans had the reps in practice. All right, Fitz, what's up at GoPowerCat.com right now to get folks ready for tomorrow? Whoa, so much going on right now because with the Friday game, it got kind of everything compressed. Um, The pregame podcast is up live on YouTube, podcast platforms. You can find that at GoPowerCat. Our Friday walkthrough, which is another form of a preview, uh, actually goes up this evening since it's a Friday night game. Uh, And, you know, we've got other podcasts and stuff out there. But the biggest news, if you want to, you know, get more K-State news, uh, we're having a sale now at the flash sale. It ends tonight. Um, two months for a buck. Uh, so you can get through the rest of football season and give us a test drive and see what you like about our coverage and, um, you know, support us with one stinking buck for two months of coverage. One buck. Check it out. It'll be worth it. Fitz, we appreciate it. At Life of Fitz on social media. Enjoy the game tomorrow. Um, we appreciate it. And uh, let's get some chicken and waffles soon. Yeah. I mean, well, it's the Nashville Hot. That's the whole new. That's just taking it to another level. That's just. Yeah. That that's, that's that was some syrup. I mean, come on now. That that that's uh, that uh, sounds pretty good. Maybe that's what. Maybe I'll cry. take my kids. So to, maybe I'll take my kids to IHOP and then you know act like. Uh, here's what I'll do. I'll take my kids to IHOP so we can get some of that, and then I'll just pretend like when I get home they were absolute you know demons and terrible, and it was just oh my god, it was so bad, you know. And then and then uh, I just got to and then I'll sit down and watch football for like nine hours and see if that. Oh, works. that's good. That's good, but the problem is feeding your children Nashville hot might actually make them demons. Oh, I wouldn't feed. Yeah, no, I won't feed them. That. One of my kids. Okay. One of my kids isn't isn't a chicken. She'd try it, but yeah, no, the other two absolutely not. No. Okay. Uh, all right, Fitz, we appreciate it. Thank you, boys. There goes Tim Fitzgerald. We'll talk to him again next week in the aftermath of that Oklahoma State game. Uh, Tommy and I will be back. Don't forget your chance to win Wichita Thunder home opener tickets still coming here on the program. We'll get into these uh, wild card series that are all already over next and look ahead to the DS when we return on Sports Daily. All right, welcome back in, everybody. 
Sports Daily. It's all Brockton Caster. Let's talk a little baseball. It's that time of year. Uh, we are through the divisional, uh, the uh, wild card rounds, Tommy. And, you know, like, I, on one hand, I'm really glad that the team that I follow made it through with uh, somewhat ease. But I do wish we had a decisive game three today, but we're not going to get that. The Phillies, the Diamondbacks, the Twins, and the Rangers all advance. Uh, I feel the worst for the Brewers. But, man, you got to feel good for the Twins snapping that long, long streak. We're talking like pre-Joe Mauer days since the last time they were able to win a playoff series. So good for them. Uh, the Rangers, of course, have never won a World Series. It's been a while for the Diamondbacks. You know, I don't really care about the Phillies and Marlins that much. You you have more of an interest in that game. I'm sure you would have rather seen the Braves play the Marlins than the Phillies. But, you know, the Braves are the favorite, so it shouldn't really matter as much. How, how did they do against the Phillies this year? Um, they did, I think, pretty good to start the season. The Phillies really caught fire later in yeah, the oh year. Yeah. Um, but, man, that was... That was an epic game last night, the Phillies and the Marlins. That grand slam that Bryson Stott hit was absolutely incredible. The atmosphere electric, and I, I don't even like the Phillies at all. Um, but I can tip my cap to them and their fans in the city of Philadelphia. It's going to be a heavyweight matchup between the Braves and the Phillies. I'm super excited for it. Of course, from a competitive standpoint, as a Braves fan, I would have loved to face the Marlins. They're not as good as the Phillies are. And just all that firepower that the Phillies have with Bohm and, and Harper and uh, Castellanos and Trey Turner and Kyle Schwarber. Like, they've got a ton of great players and really good pitching, too, with Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola. They're a pretty stacked squad. Um, it, it's going to be a great matchup. And, and honestly, we talked about it before. It's going to come down to the pitching for the Braves and how effective they can be. Um, but, man, I think that out of the four teams that advanced, I think – as far as like, if you're going to power rank them one to four, the Phillies are absolutely at the top. Yeah, I, I think that's probably. But the, that's the thing about baseball is it, you kind of have to reevaluate everything when you get into the postseason, right? We all know that starting pitching matters. So, like for instance, the Rangers who have again a an historically bad bullpen, right? Like it's been awful. But if you think about, like, okay, well, what if Aroldis Chapman is what he was when he first got traded and can find it for, you know, potentially seven, eight games here down the stretch? The top of their rotation, even with all the injuries that they've had, you know, their top two with Montgomery and Ibaldi are good. And their lineup, their lineup's as good as there is in baseball if it gets hot. And it, it is kind of hitting right now. So... That's a team that is more dangerous probably now than you might have thought it was at one point. The Twins are a really complete team, right? Like, the Twins have a good lineup, have a great bullpen, and but the star, you know, the top of their rotation, maybe not quite, but, the, but you like it. You know, Sonny Gray and Pablo Lopez have been good. So that's a team, again, in the postseason that looks a little bit different than it might in the regular season. Whereas a team like the Orioles... Like, what is the top of the Orioles rotation going to be, right? They've got all these good young players. It's probably a little bit different than them in the regular season. I, I think there's some similarity to the Braves there, too, although they have Strider, obviously, which makes things a little bit different. But two great offenses, do they have the top end of the rotation when you get into a series uh, against the Phillies who are going to run out, you know, Nola and Wheeler at least at the top end? I, I think baseball is... 
That's what makes the baseball playoffs fun. You can't really cheat baseball when you get into longer series. Like, you do have to sort of have everything all together. And the best rotation doesn't always win, right? The best offense doesn't always win. Bullpens seem to me to matter more than anything, which is why I'm terrified of the Rangers. But it is sort of a start-from-scratch moment. The other thing about baseball, Tommy, and this is what makes it maybe more difficult to win it, it's such a streaky sport. Right, like yeah. you get your offense gets hot at the right. T- we saw the Royals sweep the Astros. We saw the Royals run off six. That team wasn't good at all. Yet they can find a way to win six games at any given time. That's how the Phillies. There's made that it to, factor too. That's, that's how the Phillies had all that success in the playoffs last year. Was they right. got hot at the right time? I mean, like they were their off their offense came through at the right time in the playoffs. And it, you know, that's the only dangerous thing I think about the Phillies as a Braves fan going into the divisional series is they are starting to get hot again offensively. And so, you know, that's one thing to, to keep our eyes on. I would say that I'm out of the teams that are, are sitting there waiting to play in the divisional series, the ones that got the buys, the one team that I'm the least confident in is probably Baltimore. And that's not a knock at all on their, their players. I mean, they've got great young players and they've been so much fun to watch. And clearly they're doing something right to win over a hundred games. But I mentioned it yesterday. I mentioned it yesterday with Paul. Man, there's a difference between regular season pressure and playoff pressure. And, you know, these guys have not experienced that. And and so that's, I mean, there's a reason why teams like the Astros and the Dodgers and even the Braves to an extent, they've been there before. They know how to manage that postseason pressure. It doesn't mean that the Orioles, you know, can't have success. But, man, it, it might be, I mean, I think that they might be a little bit ahead of schedule. And we may be looking more at like them being ready to win a championship in a, in a year or two. Like once they have a couple of years with postseason play under their belts, then at that point, maybe, you know, I'd be more confident in them. So they have a good back end. Um, I, I don't know what their rotation is going to look like. They have some young guys that have been really good this year. Are they going to hand them the ball in game one of a series? Like does Kyle Bradish take game one? Like I don't even know what they're doing. And I get it. The other part of that, though, Tommy, is there's a relatively good chance that they all respond very well to the pressure of the postseason. You know, we just don't know. I, I get what you're saying. Like, we don't know because we haven't seen it before. It, it, I, I'm trying. I, I, it's it's nerve wracking. It is. Playoff baseball yeah. is so much fun. It, it is just a hot mess, though, uh, if you have a team in it because it's the And I've always said this about baseball playoffs and why I love them even when you don't have a team in it. When you get the amplified pressure and attention on literally every pitch, it's hard to beat it. Like, it is hard to beat that, like, anxiety and emotion of, like, every pitch potentially. Like, it is so – it's so different. Maybe – and I'm just thinking about this out loud here. Is there a sport where the viewing experience – changes more than baseball in the postseason the the reason we love football is because it always feels that way like it doesn't get any more it's always that way that's why we love it so it's not like you get to the postseason and now all of a sudden no it always feels that way baseball is lackadaisical by nature in the regular season right like it is kind of a Almost lazy is not the right word, but it's not like an emotional on the Laid edge back. of your seat experience. Laid yeah. back, relaxing, I think, to an extent. It's, it's almost like the difference between a golf major, right, and a, 
it, it, like the final day of a major versus the first day of a you know random tournament in the summer. Yeah, baseball amplifies that way in the postseason where you're you're just locked in every time. Every pitch, every pitch is bigger. Every at bat is bigger. Every decision that is made is bigger. There's a reason why, and I, I feel like it hasn't always been this way. It's been in the last. I don't know, decade or, or maybe even a little bit longer where you've got managers and the, the best managers, the ones that win the championships are the ones who know how to manage in the postseason. And there are countless examples of managers that overmanage in the postseason. You know, they're, they're, sure. and Dave Roberts with the Dodgers has been criticized, at, you know, to no end with some of his decisions over the years uh, in the postseason and, and his tendency to overmanage situations. But that happens a lot where you've got, because every pitch and every at-bat is magnified uh, and you've only got a limited number of opportunities to win and advance. Uh, and it comes down to, a lot of times, decisions that the managers are making. And so I've heard arguments before that in baseball the manager is – extremely overrated and I don't buy that at all when you get into the postseason like oh, every matters. decision they make it matters big time I was talking my dad called yesterday we're obviously both big Rangers fans and we have our tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone news in order to secure convictions in a court of law it is essential that we conclusively sports that clock at four Donchich the step back three you bet music you set my world on fire. and even podcasts whatever you love hear it right here on TuneIn. go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening after the end of a good fight you deserve an ice cold reward medella is the mark of a fighter you've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight the better the reward you put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Bats, and we're having fun with it. Uh, he's just like, I can't figure out why does he keep batting Robbie Grossman third? Like, why is he batting Grossman third? I'm like, Dad, I don't know. I have no idea. But it's but it's like, it, but it's Bochi. Right, like this is the this is the playoff whisperer here. Like sometimes in managers, and this is why Texas brought Bochi in. Right, like I don't know why he's batting Grossman third. Maybe it's because he thinks he might be good to lay down a bun if he need. I don't know, but I gotta kind of trust it. Like this is what he does. Now the one thing though is bullpen management has changed tremendously for a guy like Bochi, for instance, Tommy. Remember when he could just you know. Basically change pitchers with every at-bat. It was the fr- his most frustrating thing about playing against the Giants in the postseason, whether that was the Royals you know, losing to him or whether it was when the Rangers lost to him. But now you can't do that in baseball, right? You can't do that anymore. you got to pitch to you know a minimum number of batters here. 
So it's almost like, and I want to know if baseball trends back to this because we saw what Bochi did sort of become the trend in baseball. One of the things I hated about the game, by the way, and why I think the rule changes are better, one of the things that slows down the game, doesn't let you build any momentum, is that you can't do that anymore. So it's almost like, think back to the Royals in their heyday there. I, I wonder if teams don't try to go back to that where you just sort of assign late innings to guys, right? Like, you've got this inning, you've got this inning, you've got this inning. We are going right. to lock you down at the end of a game, no matter who it is, because you've got to basically pitch an inning anyway now as a reliever. I, I do wonder if that becomes a trend again. Uh, but I, I also, as a Rangers fan, wonder, like, Bochi, like, are you capable of, you know, making this change? Because – I thought Jordan Montgomery should have pitched that entire game. Like, unless his arm falls off, you don't pull him from the game. Unless you have a massive lead, right? A little easier to pull a ball to yesterday because the Rangers got a big lead. But, man, that the managing of that is going to be fascinating. The Braves are going to be in that same situation. Like, they are. Yeah. They're going to be in – they're not going to get eight innings out of their starters in these series. No, they'll get – I mean, I think that for Strider, like in game Strider one, assuming will, that yeah. he gets the ball. I mean, he'll pitch six or seven maybe. But then after that, I mean, it, it comes down to the health of Max Freed. Is he going to be available? And if so, how long can he be available? And then from there, I mean, you're looking at probably a bullpen game. Uh, you know, maybe Bryce Elder opening a game for the Braves. But, I mean, that's honestly, that's the biggest question mark. And that's where the Braves are vulnerable. They may be the favorites, but it's not the fact that they have bad pitching. It's just the fact they don't have healthy pitching. And so really, I mean, you know, I think that, I look back to two years ago when they won the World Series, and it was kind of the same way. Like, they were not super healthy with their pitching rotation in the playoffs, and they, they still found a way to make it work. Uh, they'll have to do that same thing again this season. But, I mean, man, like, again, I said it a couple minutes ago, it's going to be a heavyweight matchup between them and the Phillies. That's probably the matchup. I mean, of course, I'm a Braves fan, but that's probably the matchup that I'm most interested in just because of the way the Phillies have this momentum going <coughs> into the divisional series. Excuse me. Um, that matchup, I think, is the one that I'm keeping my eyes on the closest. Yeah, I, I'm keeping my eye on all of them. I, I think I, I love the baseball playoffs. Of course, I, I love that my team is in, and I can't wait for the Royals to get back to that. Um, but hopefully they can soon. We'll see. I, I'm I'm nervous. I'm I'm the right kind of nervous, though. Major League Baseball postseason, when you're in it, is a blast. And, you know, good luck to everybody's teams out there. If you don't have a rooting interest, again, I'll say it again. Uh, root, root for the Rangers so my kids can go to college. Or the please. Braves. Uh, I'm okay with that, too. We, we got way more on the line. You guys you know have what? had one. We've can never I just had say, one. Can I just say, I'm genuinely, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, not being sarcastic, I'm genuinely happy that the Rangers won the series yesterday. I really am. I texted you that like the way that yeah. their regular season ended, they didn't get a chance to win the division. Then they had to go on the road and play a 99 win Tampa Bay team. I'm genuinely happy for them that they were able to get through the wild card. So they, there are a lot of reasons for bandwagon fans to jump on. Um, you know, you've got the Bochi story, which is fun. Corey Seager has a case to be the best player in baseball right now, at least this year. Um, he missed games. That's why he was not going to win a lot, a lot of the awards. But remember that DeGrom was out. They went and traded for Scherzer. Scherzer's out. They went and traded for Chapman. He's been a train wreck late in the year, yet here they are. Uh, they've got a young player that is one of those kinds of young players in Evan Carter. Like He's been incredible in that, in that series. 
I, I, I don't know. It, like, I'm going to be such a mess if they don't get this done. And and I, they got a chance. They got as good a chance as anybody. They do. We've got to do something on this show in the event that the Braves and the Rangers face off in the World Series. I don't know what it would be. Oh, good lord! We'll have to get. We'll need to get like our, our program director Tony Deucing involved. Like, we got to figure out something, some way. I don't. Maybe it's a watch party. I don't know. We got to do something though. If those two teams end up facing off against each other, it will be. Uh, it will be interesting. Um, we will need Jad if that happens. We have a delay, right, where you can bleep out bad language. Don't do we have that technology? I do have that yeah. technology. If, I don't like using it though. Well, let me get get you know get get your trigger finger ready if it's a Braves Rangers World Series because there can be some trash talk and some you know emotion spilling out on this thing and just just a be forewarned there. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's give away some Thunder hockey tickets on the way out here, Tommy. What do we got? Yeah, so just over two weeks from now, October 20th, the season begins for the Wichita Thunder. The home opener, uh, again, it's next Friday, or not two weeks from Friday, October 20th, at Interest Bank Arena. The Thunder take on the Kansas City Mavericks, and we'll get you a pair of tickets to the game. All right, so there it is. First caller, IHOP Hotline, right now on the way out, 869-1240. We'll come back. More Sports Daily right after this. Welcome back in, everybody. Thanks for being with us. Congratulations to our giveaway winners throughout the throughout the days here on the show. Um, love being here with you. By the way, if you're looking for more of that baseball coverage, you can find it on the Odyssey app. John Boy Media's baseball today uh, is one of the ways, one of the many ways you can do that. Um, thanks for watching, by the way, on our video stream, which you can always do and find and comment on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. Of course, thank you, everybody, for listening to us as well uh, here over the air on KFH, or maybe you're listening to us streaming at kfhradio.com. We've gone over Thursday night football. I don't think there's anything else we need to necessarily do with that, Tommy. Um, you know, we, let's college football this weekend. It's not a like it's not an overwhelming slate again. You know, we've talked about KU, we've talked about K-State. The Red River rivalry, it gives us the best game. Um, Alabama A&M, I, I think, is at least interesting. Um, I mean, Kentucky-Georgia, does that one have your interest? Is George, let, let's talk about Georgia yeah. first. Is is Georgia going to be able to hang on to this streak, you think, this year? I, I'm not sure that I think that they will. I mean, they haven't shown it up to this point, and this is going to be, I think, probably their biggest test so far this season. I mean, Kentucky is... They're a really good team. They're an underrated team, in my opinion. Mark Stoops is probably one of the more underrated coaches in the country. Um, and Georgia hasn't looked like a dominant number one team up to this point. The spread right now, it's like, I think it's more than two touchdowns, like 14 and a half. I don't know. I mean, I know we'll probably pick the game tomorrow, I would think. It'll be on the slate of games that we'll pick. Um, but right now, man, I'm not sure I want to lay those points. 
Well, I, you know, I, I, um, I don't either. I, I don't know what. To I mean, do what has Georgia. Georgia done to show that they can cover fourteen and a half against a Play top twenty-five defense, team in Kentucky? But they're not. But they're not the defense. You know, against UAB, they gave up twenty-one. That's a blowout kind of game. Last week against Auburn, sort of backs it up. I, I do think that they're getting better offensively. I think Carson Beck is sort of coming around a little bit, and that's what I really don't know. Like if he. If he ends up being pretty good with time, then then I think they're going to be okay. But if you look at their schedule here, they've got Kentucky this week. That's a home, but then they got to go to Florida. They host Missouri and Ole Miss. They've still got to go to Tennessee. I, I think they're probably fine to get into the playoff again. It's just can they keep the streak alive? I don't. What, the last time they lost, I believe, was the SEC championship game of 2021. Was the last time yeah. they lost a game. I don't I don't know if I think they're going to be able to keep that up through an SEC grind this year. Good for them if they do. These streaks always intrigue me, but I I'm with you. I haven't seen it. And like this week in a game 14 and a half uh, and I the, here's the problem That's for me Tom. I haven't seen I haven't seen one second of Kentucky football this year. They're good. I mean, they are good. They had a good they had a good win against Florida. But they've also played Ball State Eastern Kentucky, Akron, and Vanderbilt. But look, Blech. hey, look, the game uh, against Florida, not yep. only was that a good win, that was a great it was a big win. win. They was a big boat win. raced yeah. Florida, right? And Florida yep. at the time was ranked, and they weren't. It wasn't even close. And that that was a, a, a decisive statement victory for Kentucky. I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say I think they win the game. But man, right now at 14 and a half, if I were to have to choose right now, Man, I think give me Kentucky to cover that. The other, what about Washington State? I know this. We're not going to spend much time with Washington State, but Washington State sitting there, man, and like they're thirteenth ranked. I, I think they're for real. Washington State and Oregon State. I I wonder if they can play their way into a conference this year. Why does nobody want them? I mean, both of those because teams are the, top twenty five teams. It, because none of this matters about how good your football team is. Yeah, matters true. about how much people care about your football team. That's what's unfortunate about it, is that it doesn't matter. I don't think. Now, if they go do something special, maybe. I think that their coach has been very smart in challenging the ESPN guys and, and keeping himself in the headlines, which by nature keeps his team in the headlines. If I'm his athletic director, I greatly appreciate him doing that. But I think that's more of a parlay into a new job, potentially. I'm not sure Could that's be. a parlay for it the team be, to get but a it's conference. Good, but it's good right now. In in the current state of things, when they don't have a home, to put them in the headlines at almost any point, obviously not bad off-the-field situations, is not a bad thing. Because what you might find is a little momentum and people do tune into their games, right? For some reason. And, and people maybe grow with that a little bit and maybe you can get into a league. I don't think it's going to happen, but you never know. Uh, I, Oregon state and Washington state since Mike Leach has been there have been good programs at Washington state. They've been good programs. Like again, a perfect example of, it's not about, and that's what we went through with the Big 12, right? And everyone was like, okay, State, it's not about how good your team is. It's about how many people watch your team and how, how your attendance is. And I don't th believe that their attendance has been spectacular. 
Uh, so I don't know. I, I, I think the entire country is rooting for those two teams to get into a power five. I don't think there's anybody on the planet that doesn't want to see that happen somehow because you feel bad for them. That from the very beginning of all this, I, my, my greatest fear was that current power fives would get left out. It looks like we're going to be down to just two of those teams, but I still don't want that to happen because that sucks. And as a guy who's followed KU football for years and years and years, Man, that fan base, the KU fan base, be so grateful that the program is has improved and in a place where it is now because it very easily could have been Kansas as one of those teams left behind in all of the shuffling and all of that. So, I mean, credit Travis Goff and Lance Leipold for getting that program to a place to where they weren't going to be left behind uh, because, I mean, I mean, look at Oregon State and Washington State. Both of those two programs are really good football teams, and they're looking for a conference right now. Yep, they are, and it's uh, uh, listen. It's uh, <laughs> uh, I, I I don't I don't know what's going to happen to him. Ku Ku may have been okay because of basketball, but yeah, you, you never want to take it for granted, and don't take coaches for granted either. When you got one, don't kick them out the door if you can. Ku's got to keep one. We'll see how that goes. They play Saturday. Uh, we'll have it. You know, we'll have it covered next week. All right, let's take uh, let's take our final break here as we make our way through. We're going to tell you what's on tap coming up. Uh, it has to do with that Thursday night football game, which, you know, look, if you're trying to win those brownie points and you want to make it to listen to the game, then don't watch it. You can listen to it and get other stuff done. We'll tell you when and what's going on there next as we wrap up a Thursday edition of Sports Daily. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.